June Dequila is someone who does soar on so many different levels. And he's someone you can always see kind of hovering, doing things. Um, but she's also got such wisdom. And so we're so excited to hear from you. Brittany Sabat. I mean, the surname says it all. Um, but so does her T-shirt, which says trust. And um, just so great seeing um, your kind of transformation and just the flourishing. And just really feel like what's on you is going to get on so many people here tonight. And you're so relevant to what this generation needs. And we're so excited to hear from you. And finally, none other than Adriel J. Bringing it home. One of my best friends and one of the finest leaders and disciples you'll ever meet. Great man of God. So first up, we're going to welcome up to a huge cheer from the audience, June the Krilla. Yeah. Amen. Okay, sit down. Amen. Okay, that was very kind, Dorian. Thank you, Dorian. And I'm really excited to be sharing with Brit and Dish. Love you guys. And I'm super reminded of the privilege it is to be in this house. It's a privilege and an honor. And God is so good. We have the best leaders, best team across the whole church. And I can't wait to see what God does in 2018 for all of us across this church. So I'm excited to share a verse with you all. I don't have a theme. I found this verse and I was like, oh, this verse is so cool. It summarizes everything that God has been teaching me lately. So um, I'm going to put it up on the screen and it's so simple and I love it. It's from 2 Peter 3.9 and it says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So first, he is not slow with his promises. Our God is the ultimate planner. His timing is perfect. His timeline is perfect. It's flawless. His thoughts and ways are higher than ours, and his plans and purposes are higher than ours. He sees everything. He understands the complexities of our lives, our seasons, our age, the desires of our heart, and his timing is still perfect. But waiting for him to unlock his promises is not easy. And when I think of a promise that God is still fulfilling in our lives, me and Reg, it's in the air of our finances. So we started tithing um, at about 18 and 19 when we first got our full-time job and we held onto the promise that as we gave our 10%, God would fill our home and life with overflowing. That's a promise that we're holding onto. But it's been a journey and it's not that He's slow, it's that we've learned that as He takes us closer to the promise, there's a process that has to take place in our heart. We've had a lot of milestones achieved on the journey. Yay, yay for Jesus, he's so good. We've had dream jobs and a business and a home. But what we realize is that our promise for wealth looks very different in his eyes than it does to ours. Our idea of the promise didn't give him room for the glory. We had the glory. And when it's, a, when it's a promise that isn't aligned to what he has in mind, it's deeply unsatisfying. And the promise needs tweaking. So we've spent the last three years giving God full reign, do whatever you want, God, really exciting. And it looks very different to what we thought. We, what we, thought. Um, we live a very simple life, very stripped back, very simple amount of money coming in. But God is so good. And we, we've been able to afford a mortgage twice as much as our first with half the income that we're on. 
does not make sense, but our God does not make sense. He's more concerned to what is happening in our hearts and fulfilling the promise. He's more concerned about where He is positioned. Is He in the center of the dream and the promise? And until we could put Him there, um, He couldn't, he couldn't um, move on our part. So He's not slow. His timing is perfect. And as we draw near to Him, He draws us closer to His promise. Amen? Okay, number two, He is patient. I love this quality about our God. I'm so glad I've been reminded about it. Um, I can safely say I am not a patient person. Well, God is like working on it, like Holy Spirit in my life. Um, we have an RMS RTA service center that's put in, been put in like a block from our house. It's very convenient every three to five years when we need a license. But we also live on the closest street for learner drivers to do their testing and practice. So this means it feels like nine out of 10 times where I'm leaving the house or I'm coming home, there is a learner driver there. And they drive like five kilometers per hour and they fail every three point turn. And depending on my mood is, will depend on the amount of, I call it pre-rage that boils up inside of me. It's not rage, it's not rage, it's just pre-rage. I have been known to give the occasional beep, just, you know, a bit of encouragement, come on, keep going, do better. And my daughter is mortified, mom, they're still learning. And I think about God and I'm like, you know what? He doesn't get pre-rage feelings toward us as we're learning something new. He doesn't scratch his head in frustration that we're, that we're not getting it right. He'd be proud of us that we'd be proactive and learning something. In fact, he'd be the driving instructor, calming everyone down and saying, just relax and keeping us focused. Even when we get frustrated at ourselves, he never, he never rushes us. He always leads us with kindness. He always leads us with patience and he never pushes us too quickly. He won't rush the process until our hearts are right. And the last thing is um, a revelation I got when Jenny Gilpin was here. And it's that this last part of the verse, instead he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to, come to repentance. His end game, God's heart, God's highest plan is that others are led to repentance. So on the other side of your promise, on the other side of your breakthrough, on the other side of his patience toward you is someone else's salvation. It's not time for us to be silent about the goodness of God. It's time for us to be vocal. This life is not for us. One day we will see his face and it would have been our project cause and life task to have brought others to know him. So I would challenge us in 2018 to make that a priority, to bring other people to know him, sow the seeds to see other people saved, build the house, love on your unsaved friends and fight for your promise and breakthrough to see other people saved. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's welcome Brittany Sabat. I love her so much. Give it up for June, guys. She's amazing. Full but not satisfied. I didn't drop anything yet, guys. It's a good night. I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are so faithful. And I just pray, God, that as I diminish, that I become less. Father God, you will become more and that more of you is going to be spoken tonight. In your mighty name, amen. Ephesians 1, 17 to 19. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better, so that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people and His incomparably great power for us who believe. Amen. 
full but not satisfied. God kind of said that to me. And my first thought was, um, I am satisfied with you, God. Like, you know, you're enough for me. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm full of you and I'm satisfied with you. But he actually kind of said to me, and he, this is what he said to me. He said, you should be so full of my spirit, so full of my word and so full of me that you constantly want more of me. And um, 2018, guys, New Year, New You. And my, you know, New Year's resolution was, you know, I'm going to eat healthy and I'm going to lose weight. Amen. And so on Monday night, the 1st of January, I meal prepped and I took to work every day last week, a little salad. It was beautiful. It had like corn and beans and it was, you know, beetroot. It's as good as it gets for a vegetarian. And, um, and it was filling. Like I loved my salad, but I was so unsatisfied. I would go and sit down at my desk after lunch and I would message my friends who have actually come and support me today. I love you guys. And I message everyone and say, guys, I'm still hungry. I'm so unsatisfied. This is like, I want carbs. And you know, and then I think about my sad dinner and there's no carbs in my dinner because I don't eat carbs after. And guys, I caved on Wednesday. Wednesday, I went home. I had a piece of bread, white bread with peanut butter. Then I had melted cheese. Then I had spinach cheesy puffs. They're amazing. Jesus is the bread of life. Amen. I was like, this is great. And you know what? I was so satisfied after eating all the carbs, but I was so bloated and I couldn't sleep. And I was like uncomfortable and I had no more desire left for anything else. There was no more room. I didn't want anything else. I wanted nothing more. And you know, God did not call us to not want more of Him. He called us to be full of Him, but to constantly seek after and pursue Him. And I wanna challenge you in that. The first thing, the first part of that scripture is that I keep asking that the Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. The first part is to be full. The first part is to know Him better. Do you know God? Do you know Him better? And I don't mean just... As your, I mean, do you know all faces of God? Because there are so many. I've been a Christian for coming on 10 years, guys. I'm getting old. And I, um, and I kind of came to know God the Father. And I've, I've really met God the Vindicator. But there's so many other faces I haven't yet seen. And I got in this place where I was so complacent. And can I say, in your knowledge, your determination can be diminished and complacency can sneak in. Do not grow complacent. Know Him. You know, Jesus prayed in John 17, 3. This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Jesus cried out Himself and He said, God, let them know you. Let them be full of you. I know we can know the messages and we can know the Bible stories and we can know a lot of stuff, but there's so much more. Do not let your flesh grow satisfied and diminish your pursuit of His faith. And you know, the best part about this scripture in Ephesians is that it's actually knowing Him is intricately connected to knowing ourselves. So if you go into verse 18, it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people and His incomparably great power for us who believe. I was challenged by this concept of limiting God. See, we actually can limit God when we limit how much we're gonna do for Him. We can limit how much He's allowed to move in our life if we stop seeking and stop pursuing and stop being full of Him. But you know, when we become full of God, the first part of that scripture is, you know the hope to which He has called you. See, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have, plans to give you hope 
and the future. When you become full of God and continue to pursue that face, you start to get your own calling and your own future. You no longer live in darkness, you live in what He's called you to. The second part is the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people. He then identifies you. He calls you His holy people. He says, this is your inheritance that I have given you. He says, you are valued and you have an identity in me. And you know, it's a cycle because the next part of that, number three, is His incomparably great power for us who believe. It all comes back to God. It all comes back to His fullness. You know God, you become full of a face of Him. And then it comes around in a circle and He shows you your future. Then He shows you your identity. Then He says, get to know me again. What's next? Can I tell you what's next? Can I tell you? Our God is so many things in Scripture. In the beginning, He was a designer. He was a creator. With Moses, He was a writer. To the disciples, a teacher. To the woman at the well, He was compassionate. To the crowds, He was a healer. To Lazarus, He was a friend. To Mary, He was a child. To His town, He was a carpenter. To Adam and Eve, He was feared and mercy. To humanity, He is love. To Job, He was hope. To David, He was the mighty listener, worthy of worship. To Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he was faithful. To Israel, he was the savior. To Jesus, he was father. And to Jonah, he was the pursuer. Do you know all those faces? Or have you grown complacent in that? Have you rested in, but I know God the Father, I don't need to know anymore. Can I challenge you this 2018? Be full of him and do not grow satisfied in that. Because as you get to know him, as you seek first his kingdom, as you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. And the beautiful part is when you learn his uniqueness and the fact that you cannot fathom his wonder, in his compassion, you will find your compassion. In his hope, you will find hope. In his love, you will find love. In everything that he is, we are made in his image and he will reveal it to you day after day after day. I wanna challenge you, church, don't grow familiar with the faces of God you've seen. Pursue God and the faces He has yet to show you. Be full, but never satisfied. Awesome, how amazing was that? Can we give it up for Brit again? That was amazing. I feel like just doing the altar call now. Hey church, how are we? We doing good? Hey, Happy New Year. So good to have you guys here. Hey, um, if I haven't met you, my name's Adriel or Dish, as some of you know me as. Um, and I just want to thank you, Pastor Hartley and Pastor Nat. Why is Pastor Hartley sitting in the back? Oh, with a friend. <laughs> thank you for the opportunity. Um, it's so good to be here. Hey, um, so I was thinking about what to speak about tonight. Um, and I got on this whole theme of Happy New Year. It's a Happy New Year. Everyone's happy about it. And as Britt touched on just a minute ago, there's hashtags created, you know, new me, new year, new me. There's hashtags flying around. So I thought I'd do a little bit of a research just to see how realistic these New Year's resolutions actually are. I thought I'd dive in just so no one's sort of put off by them. All right, so last year, 58% of Australians had a New Year's resolution, right? And they broke them. <laughs> so of all the people that haven't, 58% broke their resolutions. 15% broke their resolution by March. And by September, that went up to 40%, right? So it's big numbers here. And then of the people who broke their resolution, 25% said they failed to keep track of it. 21% said they made too many resolutions. They had too many to, to keep track of. And 15%, they totally forgot about it. They must have had a really good New Year's Eve. They just <laughs> totally forgot they even made it. But one thing I note when, when we make New Year's resolutions is that everyone wants to do better than the previous year. They want to up themselves. They want to up their game and go one better the, 
from the previous year. You know, I don't hear anyone saying, I just want to maintain the same. I just want to be the same person I was last year. I just want to be the same weight. I want to look the same. I, I want to be single. I want to do things that I've done the previous year. I don't hear that from anyone. It's always what I want to do more of. You know, people wanted to grow, to be better than what they were the previous year and to go to new levels. And so it got me thinking, what do I want to do better this year than I did last year? What's the new me, new stretch? New year, new stretch for me. What's those things that I'm going to stretch myself in to take myself to a new level this year? You know, I think it's so important that we allow ourselves some space and some room in this holiday period to really just reflect and spend some time just asking God on what those things are for us. It's, it's important that we take that time out. And so today, I'm going to speak on this parable. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's, it's from Matthew 25. It's the parable of the talents. And it says that the parable goes on to say that a man trusted three of his slaves with some talents. You know, he gave one of them five talents, the other one he gave him two, and the last one he gave one talent. And he said, look, I'm going to go away for a while, use them, do, do what you want with them, and I'm coming back to see what you've done with them. The first guy uh, invested in Bitcoin and he doubled it. He just smashed it. He's, he's got heaps, right? So he's doubled his five talents to five more. The second guy must have put some shares in and made two talents more out of his two talents. So he's done well as well. The last guy just buries it because he's scared of doing anything with it. So he just buries it and does nothing. When the master comes back, the man comes back and he says, okay, show me what you've done. They present what they've done. The first guy says, I've made five more. The second guy says, I've made two more. The last guy said, I didn't do anything. I was worried what you'd do to me if I lost it. So I, I buried it and did nothing with it. And the Bible says that the f- to the first two guys, the man says, well done, good and faithful servant. But to the last guy, it actually says, you wicked and lazy servant. You wicked and lazy servant. That's harsh. That's harsh. So I've, I've always, I've read that and I've always sort of found that hard to fathom because the guy didn't do anything bad. He didn't lose his one talent. He just did nothing with it. But it sort of shows the heart of God of how he sees us when we have something given to us, what we do with it. That the heart that he wants us to go that one step more, to stretch ourselves to go further, to not just be complacent with where we are, but to better ourselves, to move ahead in life, in everything we do. You know, to me, it shows God's heart. And it was interesting, I was listening to Pastor Phil's devotional on Friday, and he talked about this whole new year and taking steps this year. And he went on to say that a step is a move, move forward. It's not a move sideways, it's not a move backwards, it's a move forward. It's a progression, it's, it's something that keeps you going. But here's the thing with these steps, it's a choice you have to make. The steps don't happen if you don't choose to do it. You've got to choose to make those steps. So I want to ask you, what are those things you can stretch in? What are those things in 2018 that you can stretch yourselves in? You know, stretching can sometimes actually be painful. I, I've, I've played sports. Um, you know, when you, go, when you stay active, stretching is a part and parcel of it. And there's one thing I can't stand, and that's a foam roller. Have you guys used a foam roller? Who would have thought something so cylindrical and made of foam could cause so much pain? But essentially, for those who don't know, it's a little roller made of hard foam. It's not hard. It's not soft. It's very hard. Um, And you put it on the ground, and you roll your body over it. And as you roll it out, it irons out your muscles. It it tenderizes them. It makes the blood flow go easier and gets it happening. You know, the thing with that is when you're going through it, it's painful. It's painful. But what... When we physically stretch, what we're actually doing is we're actually getting more flexible. 
we're actually getting more blood flow happening. We're actually quickening the recovery process of our muscles when we're, when we're stretching. Now, it actually hurts at the time, but it's actually for good. It's actually for good. And likewise, when we stretch ourselves spiritually or in everyday life, we become more mobile. We become more nimble. We become more flexible and more resilient to the things that the world throws at us. The problems, we don't, we don't just throw a towel in when things get too hard. We become more resilient because we've stretched ourselves and prepared room for us to handle those things. You know, it may at times feel uncomfortable on the outside or outside of our limits. But that is where precisely where God wants us to be. That is where God wants us to be. And the best way I thought of this when I was thinking about why God wants us to be is when you go into the ocean and you're walking out, when you can feel the ground underneath your feet, you're leaning on yourself. You know you've got that steadfast foundation under your feet. But as soon as you go to deep water and you lose that footing, all of a sudden you're dependent on that current. You're dependent on the tide. You're dependent on the waves to take you certain directions. And that is exactly where God wants us to be. When we stretch ourselves and we go out to that deep water, we're not depending on ourselves, but we're depending on God. That is where He can use us the most. That is where we become flexible and become nimble. So I want to close this, this evening by just asking you a few questions. What are those stretches for you? They could be anything in your world at all. They could be anything in your family life, anything in your business life, financial life. could be church life. You know, maybe you felt God saying, do some more study and get upskilled. Maybe he's been telling you to intentionally eat properly or, you know, take your exercise regime seriously. And in church life, maybe it's simple as joining a connect group. Maybe you've heard about it and you haven't actually joined one. Maybe it's joining a connect group. Or if you've been attending one, maybe it's stepping even further and starting one yourself, running one. Maybe it's joining a service team and serving in something. Or possibly it's taking your next step, signing up for an essentials course, or even getting water baptized. Whatever it is, I want you to just spend some time asking God how you can stretch yourself this year. Because let's not be people who stay stagnant. Let's be people who progress and move forward and, and do the call of God in our lives. So with that, I just want to call the band up. And um, I want to share this verse from Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 to 19. It says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God wants to do a new thing in your life. He wants you to do a new thing. He wants to do a new thing in your life. We need to have that obedience and make that choice to allow Him to do that for us.